Hi, hello. Welcome to our podcast, Queerful Fears. I am your horror enthusiast, Sydney, a bisexual they-them-femme. And I am your scaredy cat, Elsie, a queer trans woman. This is a queer-centered podcast exploring different types of horror media. So welcome and thanks for tuning in. As we've said before, we will discuss and explore different pieces of horror media and talk about them. Yeah. As someone who grew up loving horror. And somebody who grew up hating it and being so scared of it because I'm a giant baby. Yeah. Not so much anymore, though. Although I, I, I think you had some issues with this one, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, how, how are you? Tired, but good. I'm also so tired. I'm chillaxing. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with me. I've been really tired lately and my whole body's sore. Hmm. Well, I gave you a full body massage this morning, so that was probably good, right? Yeah, it was very good. Hmm. It was incredibly delightful. If your partner doesn't give you full body massages, leave them. Or, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> they should be. Yeah, when was the last time I got a full body massage? Yeah, you should leave me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you got anything cool happening lately? No. I got the calendar up there for once. It's actually filled out. Oh, hell yeah. It's not July anymore. No, because it's August 1st. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a fucking day. (laughs) I talked to my psychiatrist this week. Oh, nice. We were supposed to go to a potluck. Oh, but then instead, it was canceled. And then we went to go see Pippin. the, The play. Yes. The musical. Oh, God. Look who it is. At our local, at a local theater. Oh, oh. One of my coworkers. Wait, wait, wait. He's settling. <laughs> He's so gorgeous. Yeah, go on. Uh, we went to see Pippin at one of our local theaters. Uh, one of my coworkers was in it, so me and some other coworkers wanted to go. Uh, it was fun. Sure was something. Um, I don't think I. I think I saw Pippin once at my high school, like many years ago now, and I didn't remember it. And I also forgot that a number that I performed once was from Pippin. Yeah, I performed it in an ensemble thing for a Broadway night. So it was the opening number to like a variety show, basically. Mm. And I, I forgot that it was from Pippin. So I knew I knew some things about it, but I didn't remember the entirety of the plot very well. And you didn't know anything about Pippin. No, I didn't know jack shit. And so there's like orgy scene and a sex scene that's like not too graphic, but considering it was like their 20 year old sweet little baby coworker, it was like so incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. It was, and it was just like a lot of like grandparents in the audience, probably like of the people in the show. And I was just like, wow, this is funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was good though. There was some good singing, some good dancing. It was uh, very budget, but still good. Yeah. And yeah, we had a, I had a nice time going out. I've been wanting to see a play for a very long time because I used to do theater. Theater. The theater. And I dressed all nice, and we got uh, vegan, vegan, vegan treats beforehand. I got some sort of lemon cupcake that kicked ass. I love lemon pastries. Lemon, like a lemon raspberry? It was probably lemon raspberry. The other half was pink, but I could taste the lemon throughout. Well, you had a filling in the middle that was definitely like oh, a, yeah. a berry. A jelly filling. I want a donut. They didn't have any. I had 
cheesecake on a stick. It was almost too sweet for me, actually. It was pretty hard. It was it was hard to eat because my septum ring gets in the way when I have to bite into stuff that's big like that. And so like eating cupcakes is difficult. And I have I don't have the kind that I can just flip up in. When I did, it was way easier because I would just flip it up into my nose and then eat mm-hmm. and get icing on my, the tip of my nose because I got a big honker. But whatever. I got I tiny honkers. Yeah. <laughs> All of my honkers are large. I keep rubbing my eyes. I'm itchy and tired. Mm. Yeah, that was nice. I had a lot of rumors. Was that all we did? You went to your little group? My little trans lady group? Yep. Yeah, that was fun. Good. Was it this week that he got his nah. stitches out? Oh, maybe. I think so. Yeah. He got, Monday. Yeah, he got his stitches out on, I thought it was Tuesday. Huh. It was Tuesday, because I was like, oh, yes. I, I should be able to have off of work for that. That's great. But I don't get Tuesdays off of work anymore. Somehow the week goes by so quickly, and yet it feels like things that happened a couple days ago were like forever ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I, I'm having trouble coping with that, to be honest. But anyway, <laughs> I, yeah, Gizmo got his stitches out, and now he's just got smooth, smooth face. Mm. It's kind of interesting. And it's still like the muscles in there move like he's moving an eyeball. It's it's hard to describe. I think it's cute. And I like to pet him right where his eyeball I used to be. I don't like that you do the that. The fur is so soft. <laughs> I kiss him on it. He needs love. He's so beautiful. Look at him reacting. He thinks you're crazy. I love you. But he's just acting like a normal self now. He's He's all good. He's all healed. He's all spunky. All of his medicines are done. And, yeah, he's just living his best baby life. Yeah. And we've been leaving him alone with just a diaper on for shorter periods of time. So life's been good for him. Yes. Yeah, he's had a good week. Just a diaper. Yeah, and he got to say hello to some family members. They saw him looking all free and spunky. No more cone for him. Eat and drink as as he pleases. Yeah. I think those are all the updates, huh? Yeah. I cleaned a lot yesterday. And then I took a fat nap. I... I've read some gay books. Most of them are popular enough that they're not really worth shouting out. One I got recommended from TikTok, it's about a mermaid. It's by S.T. Simper. Um, I will be honest, didn't like it that much. Okay. Because she advertised it on TikTok about being like, you know, a mermaid with BDSM like themes and stuff. Which like, yeah, there's themes, but there's not really BDSM scenes in it. So I was like, well, this is disappointing. You're only here for the smut. I, I'm not only here for the smut, I just wish I got the smut that I thought I was going to get. <laughs> uh, only accept the smut that you think you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I read a book that I wasn't expecting to like that much. It's called Mask of Shadows. Uh, I don't remember the author right now. I'm sorry. But um, it stars a gender-fluid character that is trained to become an assassin. Mm-hmm. And they fall in love with a lady. And the way they address me in gender fluid is fucking dope as hell. Because, like, they're doing applications for it to be an assassin where it's just, like, you know, you're with 22 other people and whoever the last one standing is the assassin by the end of the week or whatever. And the other assassins of the queen are the one training them. And the one time uh, one of the trainers is like, and they prefer this. And then the main character just goes, I'm dressed as a man today. You use he when I'm dressed like this. You use she when I'm dressed like a woman. And they're like, what about neither? And they're like, then you use they. And they're like, okay, noted. And then 
And then the actual assassins never fucked up again. And anytime any of the other people training or whatever fucked up, they got all up in their face. And they're like, yeah, no, he's clearly a man right now. How about you fuck off and don't go her right now? I was like, oh, hell yeah. And they stabbed him. That's interesting. I take some issue with it, though. Yeah. Um, it was there. That's like putting clothing into a certain category and binary. Um, they They did themselves then talk about their, like, I put in the effort to make myself look the way people think I would look with this gender. So the least you could do is gender me properly based off of it. So they're like, I do this as a form of flagging so you know how to gender me. Which I am, yeah, I know. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Probably relatable for some people. Cool. Yeah. Did a fluid person write it? I don't know. That's what I'm interested in knowing. You don't have to look right now. I am going to look it up because I actually should have looked this up beforehand. I read Holes. Yes. You know, the movie with Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> that, that was a book first. They, the book's only like four hours, but it's like really good uh, for the most part. And I haven't watched the movie in so long, but I, it seemed like it was like very in line with what the book is. And I want to rewatch Holes now because it's like a Disney movie, so I think it should be on Disney+. Plus. Their website's not the best looking. <laughs> It would appear that they are not fluid. At least it doesn't say anything about it on her website. Okay. Okay. Well, I take back what I said. <laughs> I'd just like it if trans people wrote trans stories. Just, uh, mm-hmm. just that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, no real life horror, no like, great. Moving on. We're going to uh, talk about the movie Hush today. Spoilers ahead. Hush is a movie from 2016, directed by Mike Flanagan, and written by Mike Flanagan and his wife, Kate Siegel. 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 Uh, we've talked about Mike Flanagan before, not that long ago, with The Haunting of Hill House. And we've talked about Kate because she was in The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. So, we're talking about him again. A very different type of media from him this time, though, because this is like a home invasion slasher. As opposed to Paranormal, which are the only other uh, things I've watched of his. Mm-hmm. Everything I've watched has been Paranormal because I haven't seen Gerald's Game either. Yeah. Which that's more of a survival thing. Mm. So, we chose this movie because neither of us had ever seen it before, uh, but have enjoyed Mike Flanagan's other work. So, I wanted to give it a look. Mm-hmm. When it, I, Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, I went into this movie knowing that the main character is supposed to be deaf, played by Kate, though, so not actually deaf or Mm -hmm. mute. So we go in, and there wasn't any audio for, like, the Blumhouse little thing that they do, and then whatever the other company was making it. Yeah, the production companies. Yeah, their little, little whatever the fuck those are called. Their thingies didn't have audio and then all of a sudden when it showed the title for the movie it was really loud it was like so it was michael bay shit an immediate jump scare which is an interesting way to start the film and we are seeing a cabin nestled in the woods it's like a house yeah i just call anything in the woods a cabin in the woods (laughs) it's more of an actual house it's very cute though it's still cabin-y though yeah it just has a lot of windows which, when don't they? Yeah. Uh, they do some stuff with the sound. 
first you can hear things, she's cooking, and then it like warps. There's still noise, but it's like muffled. Muffled, yeah. yeah. And we can see that she has a cat that she feeds, and he's in and out. She is, I don't know. That cat, they, they're in and out. Then she gets uh, messages on her laptop. Her friend wants to come over, her neighbor, assumedly, and her name is Sarah. Mm-hmm. She comes over, she talks about her husband, John. They sign to each other. Sarah is like very adamant about getting better at sign language so that they can communicate. Sarah it has also come over with a book that was the main character's. Her name is Maddie. And so clearly Maddie is a writer. And she's like, no, it was really good. I like the characters. They have this whole conversation. And we thought, we got the vibe. That Maddie was in love with Sarah, but that's just us. That it that isn't just us. I wasn't. She was clearly in love with her. <laughs> so um, Maddie or Madison Young, our main character, her name she's played by Kate Segel, as I said, Mike Flanagan's wife. She also helped write it, and then Sarah Green is played by Samantha Sloan. Did I not write down what she was about? Oh, well, she was also in. Um, She's in a lot of other Mike Flanagan's other stuff. She was Lee, uh, Stephen's wife in The Haunting of Hill House. And she's also in like, Midnight Mass and other such films and things. And yeah, so they have a conversation. She also mentioned her husband, John Stanley, who we will see later on. His name is Michael Truco. He is from, well, he's like a reoccurring character on a season of How I Met Your Mother. And he's in Bye Bye Man, which I also Wait. haven't seen. Oh, shit. Who the fuck is he? I didn't watch. He, I assume he probably is dating Robin at some point, but I don't remember. Great. <laughs> uh, as I said, they're signing to each other. And they also mention, or we see on her bio on the book when we get a look at it, that she lost her hearing and became mute when she got like meningitis and got yeah. sick at 13 years old. Yeah. Then her fire alarm goes off and it's incredibly loud and there's a flashing light and stuff so that she can be alerted by it without having to hear it and because her cooking is burning. Sarah helps her and then she heads on home. Uh, uh, we get a peek. What? Uh, when she's talking to Sarah, Sarah, I think it's important to mention Sarah's whole like, how do you come up with these endings? And then she's like, I have this voice in my head that tells me all these different endings. And she's like, oh, is it your voice when you were 10? She's like, no, it's my mom's voice. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was important. Okay. Because it's like one of the last voices she heard before losing her hearing. Oh, yeah. I didn't even really think about that. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. That's sad. And yeah. I don't know. We catch a glimpse of her book. Mm-hmm. It has clearly been published. She has a shelf of them. And they're called Midnight Mass. Yes. Which was cool. We got excited about that. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Which is another Mike Flanagan series. Yeah. Well, I mentioned that. Which I'll probably talk about eventually because I actually love Midnight Mass. Yes. Then uh, we get to hear her inner monologue as she's trying to work on her book. Mm-hmm. And it, it is like Kate Sigel's voice, though. Because mm-hmm. we've heard her in other stuff. It's just her voice talking in her mind. She keeps playing out different endings, different scenarios, and spinning in circles, basically. And then she gets frustrated. And it's like typing. And she's like, la la la, I quit. Pay me. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Relatable for those writing late night essays. Yeah. <laughs> or probably authors in general. Yeah. Because uh, Mike Flanagan likes to write about authors, it seems. 
who doesn't like to write about authors? Well, I guess when you're a writer, you write about authors, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, am I right? The amount of queer books. I'm not a writer. The amount of queer books that are centered around people who love reading queer books or who are queer book authors. I'm like, Babe, the amount of books that are centered around authors is ridiculous. Or like journalists or just someone who writes. Then uh, she gets a text from someone named Craig, and then she goes to FaceTime him, and then she hangs up, and then she goes to FaceTime him, and then she hangs up, and she's like, fuck. Then after she hangs up again, she just shuts the laptop. I think he does try to call her back on FaceTime. Yeah. And she, Okay, yeah. And then she, I knew someone called her, and I was thinking it wasn't him. Then she shuts the laptop, and then she goes into the kitchen and starts to clean up the mess from the cooking. Then all of a sudden... We hear slamming on the door, and Sarah's there, and she's screaming for help. And Maddie just, her back is to her. She's slamming on the door, she's screaming, she's like, please help, please see me, please see me. And then this guy in this mask comes up to her, or actually, an arrow goes into her shoulder. (laughs) And then this guy in a mask comes up, and just starts stabbing her. Again and again, holy shit. It's so many times. (sighs) It just keeps going. And it does reach the point where it's a bit much. It's very upsetting. Yeah, Elsie really didn't like that part. I was okay until, like, the last few stabs. I was like, okay, now. This is what I was worried about with this movie. And you're getting, you're getting, you're bordering on things that I've started to make me upset. But then he stops. And then he taps on the window. And she's not reacting. So he's getting the idea that she cannot hear him. And I I don't know how he didn't get that from Sarah screaming and not getting a response, but whatever. Then he opens the door and comes inside. And then she's on her laptop again when he comes in. And then he's standing in the kitchen. And then Max FaceTimes her and he steps out of frame. And Max is uh, her little sister, to the best of our knowledge. And they're talking. She's calling her Squish, talking about how she... Gets worried about her being alone out in the woods. And she should get back out to dating. And then Maddie's like, I signed up for a deaf date. You know, they're signing to each other. And she's like, I signed up for a deaf dating app. And there's like four people in the area. And I'm I'm not into it. She says four men, which was the interesting oh, part. Oh, you're right. Bullshit. Her sister Max is played by Emma Graves. But she didn't really have anything for anything else she was in. I thought I looked her up, though, and wrote some stuff. I could have sworn I had made notes. She was, like, in some other smaller stuff. I don't know what happened to that. I guess it got erased on accident. Then Max is like, I thought I saw movement behind you. And then she's like, oh, the cat got out. But she must have, she calls the cat bitch. (laughs) The little bitch got out, but she must have got back in. So it was probably just the cat moving. But really, it was the masked guy grabbing her cell phone off the counter. Yeah. Then as she's sitting there, she tries to continue working after getting off her FaceTime call. And then she starts to get texts. That she's seeing on her laptop. And there are photos of her from different angles of her home. Mm -hmm. She went and walked around looking for the cat then. Mm -hmm. And there's all these photos that get sent to her. And then she gets up. She looks around. And then she goes and looks out the front door. And he's just standing there. And that's like, that's the thing about this. Is that, like, it's very up close and personal the whole time. Yeah. Which I think makes it scarier. Yeah. He's right there. Like, you just, you're just looking right at him. So then she runs up to the door and closes it and locks it. And he proceeds to go around. The, the power box is outside for some reason. And there isn't one inside. 
and he cuts the power, turns it off, goes and where she can see him and just stabs all her tires. And then walks up to the door and is just kind of watching her. She takes a lipstick out of her bag and writes on the window, uh, you know, I won't tell anyone, didn't see your face, my boyfriend's coming home soon. And then he stands there and he reads it and then he takes the mask off and just like smiles at her. Which is like, the mask's pretty creepy, but it's even creepier to just see him. Yeah. And like, he wore it for what? Like just, it's just, he's fucked up. Yeah. And then he's like, now you've seen it, haven't you? And he was like, can you read my lips? And then... He, like, slams on the door and stuff and just, like, all these weird tactics to, like, taunt her. And essentially, he's like, I'm gonna fuck with you. He's like, I can come in whenever I want. I'm gonna fuck with you until you wish you were dead. And then I'll come in and kill you. And he also calls her out on the boyfriend thing because he overheard the conversation with Max. Mm -hmm. And he, like, repeats it to her that she was like, I don't like you living out there all on your own. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, just the rest of, like, this cat and mouse type of game happens, I guess. Mm -hmm. She goes, she locks herself in her bedroom, pulls the curtains closed, and, like, sits on the floor. Her bedroom's on the first floor, though, so then she sees a shadow in the window. She just grabs a knife and a flashlight. And then there's, like, this tapping on the window. And then when she finally looks out, (laughs) he's just holding Sarah's corpse and smacking her hand against the window. Like, it's just like, it's like kind of funny in like the fact that it's so stupid and fucked up. But this is the way that he's taunting her. So then she, you know, she's like, like fucking upset because it's her friend's corpse. And, you know, then she ends up running out of the room and he's like slamming on the glass and whatever. She goes and tries to start, you know, doing things to get away. Comes up with these very smart tactics. Like, she's really trying. Mm. She's like, she's going for it. She's, she's, how do I? The survival mode is there. Yeah. She's ready to do what she needs to do and be smart about it. So she does her best to get her keys to set off her car alarm. What's mm-hmm. wrong? I I don't know. I just thinking back to it. It's really upsetting. What? Oh, the movie. It just made me feel like a sense of. I mean, like I understand it's the purpose, but like, it made me feel a sense of hopelessness. Yeah. Especially when it started off killing the character who's supposed to be like the love interest. Clearly, the yeah. the gay love interest that just broke my heart, and then I was just kind of broken for the rest of the movie. And thinking back to it, it I don't know. It makes, me, it makes me want to shut down. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the type of movie that I don't like to watch. Home Invasion? No. It's specific. And I have been trying to think of what the word is for many days and I can't. Mm. Uh, yeah. But as far as the oh, synopsis. What? You don't like to watch comedies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. As far as the plot goes, she gets her car alarm to go off. She's, she has to risk a little bit though by opening the door and leaning out. To get it to go off. So then he starts running to the car. And then she closes the door and relocks it. And then goes and leans out the window where Sarah's corpse still is. Because she's like, Sarah had her phone in her pocket. So she's trying. She like leans out and is searching her for a phone. And can't find it. And then he comes back around. So then she quickly tries to crawl back inside. She goes to close the window, slams it down on his finger, and then she runs and grabs this hammer that she had also had. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what she had. I don't think she had the flashlight. 
flashlight yet. She had a knife and a hammer. Yes. And then she gets him in the arm with the sharper end of the hammer. and then the he claw. Yeah, and then he pulls his arms out, and I'm like, fuck yeah. And she can close the window. And then he shows that he has the phone, you know. And then he goes like, here you go, and just puts it right on top of her body. Yeah, and then stands there. So then she goes to another part of the house. She's like, you know, she's basically hiding as she goes through the house and also keeping an eye on him. And she goes outside. She she gets herself outside without him seeing. And then she goes under the porch. And I thought it was, she had to, like, keep her hand on the porch to feel where his steps were. Mm-hmm. And then he walked away. And she tries to run. But then... He shoots the bow and arrow and hits a tree. And crossbow. Then crossbow. And hits a tree and she runs back inside without him getting her. Then she goes up her stairs that we weren't sure were real stairs or not. They looked mm-hmm. like maybe they were just artistic stairs, but then they just were real. In-house bleachers, you know. They were weird, and but they were real stairs up to an attic. Because her bedroom was on the first floor. So I'm like, what's upstairs? But it was a, it was an attic area. It was, it, that looked quite nice if it weren't a murder a murder movie. Yeah. Remember how you said you want to go to that cabin over the winter? Oh, I have to talk about that. We're not doing that. Okay, cool. They they did something messy and now everyone's mad. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're not going to give them more money. Not surprising. Anyway. So then she goes to the attic. She opens the window. She climbs out. She has the flashlight then. She throws it from the roof into the woods. So that it makes noise over there and that there's a light glowing. So he starts going that way with his crossbow. Which was very smart. Yes. And then as she tries to climb down one of those things with the vines on it on the side of the house that's in all of these movies. So that you can climb off the top the roof. She gets an arrow in her leg. Crossbow bolt. What? It's not an arrow. It's a bolt. A bolt? Yeah, crossbows use bolts. She gets an arrow in her leg and... I don't know why you're lying to the people. And then she climbs back up onto the... It looks like an arrow. It's an arrow. She climbs back up onto the roof. I look like a boy. Am I a boy? You don't look like a boy. Because that means nothing. What does an arrow look like? My dick. Beep, beep. (laughs) So then he's climbing onto the roof. She's laying there in immense pain. She pulls the arrow out and then she... Grabs the crossbow that he climbs up with and then knocks him off that side thing that he's climbing on and he falls on the ground. And then, does she shoot him? No. She goes to, but it's not cocked. Cocked. Cacked. Cocked. Is that all then? I thought she hurt him in some other way then too. I think it's just she like stepped on his hand very hard. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. He fell though at least. Then... She gets back inside the window before he can get up there and get in after her or hurt her. Uh, besides the bow in her leg. The arrow. Mm-hmm. The thing. Then she has to care for her wound, I guess. Because it was like, she pulled the jeans down and then there was obviously a hole there. Mm-hmm. And then she just pours rubbing alcohol on it and then pulls the jeans back on. And I wasn't really sure what that did for anything, but then she took some type of belt, cloth belt, Mm -hmm. and wrapped it around and tied it. Yeah. So I guess that was helpful. I just didn't understand how pulling the same jeans back on after disinfecting it, unless pouring rubbing alcohol helped stop the bleeding, like I didn't really understand. But, you know, she was doing her best. 
Yeah. Which we appreciate. Then she's just sitting there trying so hard to pull the... God, it was terrible to watch. I just wish she would have, like, used a towel on her hands to pull on it instead of cutting her hands up. Because she was in a bathroom. Yeah. So I, just, I thought that that could have been thought through more. But I think she was just really trying to to do what she was set on doing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it it's like... I don't know anything about using a crossbow, but those things are really hard to pull back and yes. get back on the thingy. Yes. Because uh, obviously they have to be very taut yes. to fling the thing far. But at the same time, John shows up and he's looking for Sarah. Then Mr. Guy <laughs> Mr. Dude. runs around the side onto the porch and he's like, put your hands up. Hey, who are you? Put your hands up. And he's like, the fuck? Oh, my name's John. And then he's like, let me see your ID. And John's like, I'm going to reach in my pocket for my wallet. Don't Honestly, hurt me. Did he have a gun? What was he pointing at him? I don't... He, I, he was holding the flashlight, so it looks like he had a gun, I think, but he didn't actually have one. Weird. Well, yeah, but it's hard to see when somebody's pointing a flashlight directly at you. I guess. And um, then he was like, gosh, man, you scared me. I was called out here by the sheriff. Actor was, of the year. He was really giving it his all. Yeah. John didn't believe it, though. No. He's like, the fuck? He's looking at him. He's like, you're you're a cop? What? And he's like, yeah. Uh, deputy, you know. Yeah, and he's like, I'm yeah. looking for my wife. Girlfriend. Is he girlfriend? Yes. Oh. Okay. See, that's the thing. Manny had a chance. Valid, valid. John seems like a good enough dude, though, because he tries to help. Yeah. So, they're talking. Maybe they could have been a throuple. I believe in that. Yeah. Anyway, they're talking, and then he had the... the the killer had taken one of Sarah's earrings as like a souvenir, I guess. And as he pulls, he tries to like sneakily take John's phone. Mm-hmm. He like pretends to call the, the sheriff's office or whatever to be like, yeah, I found this guy here. And blah, blah, Got blah. a 47-1. Yeah, I yeah. don't even know. And he's like, yeah, this guy, he knocked me over. Because he's like, you look like you're kind of fucked up. And he's like, yeah, he, he hit me pretty good when he was running away. And John's like, all right. But then he sees the earring fall out of his pocket when he's like, yeah, can I get my phone back? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Force a habit. So then he's like, yeah, I think she has a spare key down in that planter. And then the guy goes and then he grabs this big rock. He's going to hit him over the head. But then unfortunately, Maddie starts banging on the window as he goes to hit the guy on the head with the rock. And then he just goes. <laughs> yeah. Then he did. He uh, the guy stabs him in just the right neck, back. which, by the way. Guy is played by John Gallagher Jr., who is mostly from a lot of Broadway shows and 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm. Got to say. You saw his face. So, knife to the throat and then to the back of the leg. Ouch. He falls over. He's struggling, you know, bleeding out. And then she's like, fuck. But she doesn't say that because she's mute. Mm. And then he's like, she came right at the perfect time. Then he's like, thanks. (laughs) <laughs> she's just like crying and then John's like gagging on the ground but then he like pushes through and grabs the guy and starts strangling him mm-hmm. and then Maddie's like trying to figure out what the fuck to do while he's buying her time mm-hmm. and then we get her running out towards the woods but then there's an arrow and then a bolt, a bolt. and then he comes and grabs her and, and bashes her head in with a rock but then that's just a scenario she played through in her mind. Yes. A little bit, bit cheap there. A little bit. Mm. A little bit. I, don't, I don't love when they do that. 
yeah. a fake out scenario essentially. But so I, I was mean, like, I was like, shit, what's the rest of this movie about if he murdered her? I honestly, I was like, you know, it would make sense with this movie for him to just murder her and move on with his life. Because I feel like that has things to say when that happens. Like, you know, terrible shit happens every day and you don't realize it's going on and you just choose to turn a blind eye. I feel like that's how a lot of home invasion movies are. So I feel like you're with a movie like this, you're not sure if she's going to make it out. Yeah. Which is like nice because you keep showing your toes. Yeah. But then it was just a fake out, of course. Whatever. And then it turns out it's her whole inner monologue thing. She's like talking. It's like her there talking but, like, as her inner monologue, which I don't know if that was fully necessary. And then then they showed clips of all these different brutal things that would happen to her. Yeah. Like, bleeding out or, you know, different ways she'd get murdered by him if she tried different stuff. So then she comes to the conclusion that the only ending is that she kills him. Yes. Then the killer's outside, like, talking to himself. And he, like, thinks he's funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't have won that fight. Like, in reference to John. And then he picks up a cigarette and he's like, these things will kill you, dude. <laughs> and then smokes one. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I don't care what you have to say. Then he sees Bitch, the cat. And then this was a moment because I covered Elsie's eyes and I muted the audio. Because he's talking to the cat. I did he... not know he was talking to the cat. Yeah, I covered your eyes. And then he was like... You're going to join her soon. And then he gets out a knife and then I muted it and I had my hand over her eyes. But then as he goes to pick the cat up by the scruff and kill it, she sends a bolt right through his shoulder. Oh my God. You remember he was called Bolt. (laughs) And I was like, oh shit. And then I unmuted it and uncovered her eyes. And I was like, she fucking got him right or he was going to kill the cat. And I was very excited because mm-hmm. I was like, I swear to God, if I'm going to watch Animal Death in this fucking movie, but no, she fucking got it to work. Then he goes to run up to the door after her and she goes to close it because she's out on the porch. Uh, I don't know. He like gets the door and then he slams it on her arm because she tried to reach for the arrow because she dropped it on her way in. Mm-hmm. So her, her, her hand and wrist and upper arm are outside of the door and... He slams the door against it and then he stomps the shit out of it. And we see it when she pulls it back inside. Anyway, it's pretty it's pretty brutal looking. It's gross. It's all fucked up. And then we see it. And she's just holding it to her chest for like the rest of the movie. Then, I don't I think she runs somewhere for a little bit. But then she ends up back at the door. And he's just standing there. And she uses the blood from her leg wound to write on the window. Because she decides that she's not fucking giving up. So, and it's clear that he's about to come inside. So she writes on the window, come in and get me, like, coward. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fucking go for it then. I'm not, like, I'm still putting up a fight. Then she runs over to her laptop as he's, like, shattering the door. And she writes a description of him. And then writes that she died fighting. And that she loves her mom, dad, and Max. And then she closes it and she runs up and, like, locks herself in the bathroom. Then as she's sitting there holding a knife, we see, we, we get that audio where it cuts out. Mm-hmm. So it's more for like her perspective, even though there's still like kind of some sound, but we see glass shattering. It's a skylight. He's breaking. There's glass shattering behind her. And then we see boots like drop down. It's a skylight. Yeah. That's what I read in, on the Wikipedia. Oh, I guess okay. he's breaking a skylight in. I didn't realize there was a skylight there. Yeah. He breaks in a window and she's sitting there and then. 
from behind her, he's like right behind her and then he's like saying stuff even though she can't hear him. And then he says something really fucked up and he's like, I bet you're holding out on me. I bet I could make you scream. Cause like obviously she doesn't really scream or like the only audible stuff is like deep breathing and things mm-hmm. and like some whimpering. But like even her crying is like quiet and she feels him breathe as he like laughs to himself about it. So then this really cool slow-mo thing happens where she, she like, turns the knife in her hand and then whips around and so he misses with his knife and then she gets him in the side of the neck i thought or it was the, the shoulder thigh. oh was it the leg yeah i don't know she gets him with the knife is what i wrote okay and then she runs and then she's sitting on the kitchen floor it seems like she's passing out and then he goes to go up to her and then she opens her eyes and looks at him and then sprays him with this like wasp spray mm-hmm. right in the eyes which earlier in the movie I saw that she pulled that out when she was looking for the hammer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, TBH, I think that the bug killer spray would probably be more useful than the hammer. Even mm-hmm. though the hammer was useful. Because it's like longer range. Because that'll spray pretty far. And like sting the fuck out of his eyes. And then you can get him with the knife. Mm-hmm. Or the hammer and the thing. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. So she does use it, which I was really happy about. And then also the fire alarm, she had to like take off the wall and take like take the batteries out or like mm-hmm. open it up to stop it so that's still been on the counter the whole time mm-hmm. so i'm like she's probably gonna use that so then immediately after he's stumbling around with the spray in his eyes she turns on the fire alarm which is like incredibly loud because so she can feel vi- the vibration of it and bright yeah and bright and she starts holding it like at at him and it's like obviously super like the how loud that is is probably painful yeah. and like disorienting because it's flashing really bright it's the strobe light scene from Kick-Ass. Yeah, sure. So then they're fighting and he's kind of getting her and he's strangling her and her life flashes before her eyes as like old photos of her growing up with her family. Yeah. But she did have a corkscrew in her hand and then finally she's able to grab it off the floor and like gets him right in the side of the neck. Yeah. So he falls off of her and I think she might stab him again with it. She gets him in the side of the neck and then like pulls it forward, I think. Oh, okay. She gets him real good yeah. with a corkscrew. And then she he's, like, dying on the ground. Yeah. And then she seems like she might die, but she's able to take the phone that he had from him, call 911, and then just leave it there on the floor. And then, this is my favorite thing in movies, when it's, like, somebody's on the edge of dying, and they do, like, the thing calling 911, where they're definitely going to survive, and they're like, I'm going to go sit casually now instead of pass out like I actually would. Yeah, like, she looks like she's just going to pass out on the ground there, but then they cut again, and she walks, she, like, she limps out onto the porch and then sits on the step and watches, like, the police lights as the cars come in. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. We also get shots of Sarah and John's dead bodies as well, right before it ends, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And that's the movie. Yay. Yay. So, history and inspiration. It was actually a Netflix release. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. And I didn't either. So, this man just be pumping stuff out through Netflix. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. There were a lot of issues creating the film, from what I read. Really? I, it was so low budget, it seemed like. It doesn't seem like it could get that complicated. So here is the thing. He originally, like, he wanted to make the movie about someone who was deaf and mute. And then he immediately got worried that if he made it without any sound, that no one would watch it. Hmm. And I'm like, ironic. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Sounds like maybe he doesn't have the right perspective to be making this movie, then. right? Like he was like, without music, how will I create suspense? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. 
the other movies do it. <laughs> was there not music? No, there was music. Okay. That was his concern with making it silent, like fully from her perspective. So then, and then he was still worried about it being boring, I guess, because of the lack of dialogue. So then the, the filming was very dynamic. And like, don't get me wrong, the end result, like, yeah, I, w- I was not bored. I only got mild, I only zoned out mildly for like a solid minute. Yeah. But otherwise I was like, yeah. Because, I mean, for me, I can see how I would get bored with a movie that like doesn't really have sound or like dynamic filming. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just think that that's interesting. And then I guess like he and his wife staged it out in their own home. Like how they were going to go about her like running around the house. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't find any like remote houses that looked anything like theirs so they had to like fully restage it mm-hmm. and i just don't know why they'd stage it in their home in the first place like without bank, knowing right so i don't know it just seems like there were a lot of weird silly little issues that i'm kind of like what maybe like we'll just fill in our own and they're like we are gonna give people a straight up guide into how to break up and break into our house then though yeah there's that too <laughs> uh that's all i really have for backstory Okay. As far as favorite scenes, kills, scares, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I want to say that for me, I had never watched this movie because I was really worried that it was going to be the type of home invasion movie that was going to be way too brutal for me to watch. Mm-hmm. And I still can't remember that word I want to use. It's not exploitation. Right? Yes! Oh. <laughs> yes, thank you! Oh my god! I get very worried about if movies are going to be exploitation films because I do not like watching them. And I don't want to. So I was always worried that this would be a very brutal movie just based off of the cover. Like what it looks like with the guy in the mask. Mm -hmm. And so... And also just... uh, Really quick. um, Jude has explained this to me at least a half dozen times. What's an exploitation movie? It's usually... Ah, and I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm right, though. Exploitation is definitely, like, assault mm-hmm. and R word. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't want to watch exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. Someone being exploited. And then sometimes that can just be, like, torture, too. Mm-hmm. So typically whatever fits under exploitation, no thank you. Yeah, no, no, that sounds fun to me to no, watch. No, 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 no. Considering what a hard time I had watching this movie when it wasn't even really... yeah. The other thing I was going to say, though, too, is also knowing that it was, like, centered around a disability turned me off to it as well, which I'll talk about then. But for this part, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene was probably when she was hiding in the bathroom and we see the glass, like, slowly shimmering down in the background. Like, it looks pretty, the way the glass is falling, and then you see his legs, and then... And see, and that was one of those more silent moments, too. Yeah. Like, I think you can do it just fine. Yeah. (laughs) But that's just me. And then also the choreography. I've never made a movie. What? <laughs> the choreography? The choreographing of him going to slice her shoulder to make her scream as she twisted it and stabbed his thigh. Yeah, I, I did... thought from above that was just a really nice shot to see. Yeah, I did mention that that did look very cool, in mm-hmm. my opinion. My favorite scene... I mean, that's very satisfying that we think he's about to get her and then she gets him. Of course. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, I liked it when I thought he was about to murder a cat and then got an arrow in his shoulder. And then yeah. she was like, fuck you. With her eyes, of course. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, yes. I wish she would fuck me with her eyes. Okay. That's the thing, too. Like, she's a plenty good actress. I, and I feel like I could tell I could tell just fine what she was thinking and feeling just from her acting. Yeah. I, I don't know that I really needed anything more. 
Mm-hmm. So that's just me. What why is your favorite kill? I think killing of the boyfriend. I just I I'm such a big fan of the little Yeah, I love little stabs of the neck really quick for you to pull out. And it's, it's very just subtle. Like, yeah, it's just like it just happened. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite types of kills to be honest. Like if someone can get you like that, like I, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Test that, baby. I liked when the guy is killed. Yeah. Because finally. Oh. Thank God. You meant the invader. You meant John Gallagher Jr. I was thinking. Yeah, because meant... he doesn't have a name. Yeah. So I've been calling him the guy. Yeah. The murderer. I like when I like when he's killed. And I like that it's some of the course for that's kinda neat. Yeah. I like wine too. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a white woman. Yeah, a little bit of <laughs> who? Me. No, I I went to say it and then I realized halfway through I was like, I'm talking about me now. <laughs> I also <laughs> I also like red wine. It's burning out of a man's neck. I don't like red wine, though. Sometimes. Mm. Oh, my God. Food. Yeah. That's anyway. True. Any. Uh, the scares. Nothing was really that scary. It was just unnerving. I yelled when they did that jump scare right at the beginning. Yeah. Hush came up on screen roll and I went, ah! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I react to those kinds of things. I was like, fuck you. I just didn't like watching any of the brutal scenes. Yeah, I could tell. I think my favorite... <laughs> I, I guess it's a scare. When she looks out the window and it's her friend. Her friend's corpse tapping oh, against yeah. the window. No, I love and that. And he's just like fucking smiling. It's funny and scary and like gross and upsetting. And yeah, so I like that. So for you, talk about how you were a little frightened based off of my notes. It's a little mean. I think I was a little frightened. I don't think it was with a W. Um, I I don't know. I don't like watching necessarily cruel things and things that feel hopeless because I feel so hopeless in my day-to-day life that when I watch a movie about that, I'm like, and I just kind of want to curl up and do a ball and die. And then, yeah, there was just so much potential for her to just be like, brutally hurt and tortured especially when her fucking hand got jammed up i mean y'all heard me reacting to that when we were just talking about it i don't know i didn't like watching the movie one bit really i liked a couple of scenes but the rest of it ah, this movie was so unenjoyable to me because it just made me uncomfortable and unnerved the entire time and not in a fun way really yes Uh i would not watch this movie again we've done it fellas uh, I thought it was okay. Again, as I said, I don't like exploitation films, and it, um, I wouldn't say that it was, but it bordered on that, That because I was worried. Like you were saying, it's like... It was the threat how, of becoming an exploitation film. Yeah, how bad will this get for them? The yeah. fact that he was outside most of the time, though, I felt very good about. <laughs> I was like, good. There is, a, there is a wall in between them for the majority of this movie, and that made me feel safe. So I didn't feel as uneasy throughout Mm. as if he was in the house and they Mm. were, like, going after each other. For the entire movie, it was nice that there was that barrier through a lot of it. I also liked that throughout the majority of the movie, she is giving it her all and thinking it through and doing things to ward him off and protect herself. And so I really liked that because she felt like a real character. Mm-hmm. So I feel like so. That was the thing I liked about it. I feel like a lot of the time with movies like this, the people are just scared, and it's more about the brutality of it. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like she was 
an actual person and was really fighting. Mm-hmm. And so even though it was decently brutal, I prepared myself for that. It, it like it wasn't too many moments. Yeah. It's mostly like he stabbed Sarah a bunch and then when that happens to her hand, <sighs> that was anything more than what I would normally see. Yeah. In a slasher. I realized as part of my thing is I was going to say I don't really like this movie that much because I don't feel like it has much to say. But it does have stuff to say. It's just things I can't relate to because the things it has to say is to literally not give up and keep fucking persevering. And she may, eventually makes it through because she keeps fucking trying. She tries a dozen times over and gets fucked over so many times, but she keeps trying. Which I personally can't relate to and can't see that as a theme for anything because wow, once tough get going, I get gone. Tough gets gone, you get gone. Yep. I believe in you. You should persevere. Yeah. Um, no, I was into it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fucking get him. Fucking get him. I'll say, like, I mean, I think the allure of horror for some people is, like, kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Like, someone else is struggling, and you're just safe on your couch. And you can let it take you on that roller coaster ride, but then by the end, you're like, that was all fake. Delightful. Cannot relate to any of that. Wild. All right. Well, I I enjoyed it because I, I liked her character. and Same. Yeah. But I did not enjoy it. Okay. Themes. Message. Impact. Uh, so, yeah. I want to talk about... Using disabilities and impairments in media, specifically horror. Mm -hmm. Wow, do people like to do that? And to always do a bad job of it. Yeah. I do not have any hearing impairments. So, you know, I can't speak to what that is like at all. But she, like, neither of them are either. So to make a movie about someone who is... Mm -hmm. Weird. And... You know, I think we've really moved into a time where it's like, cast people with disabilities to play people with disabilities, or have them on as a, as the writer yeah. for the story, or fuck off. And I would agree with that. I mean, that goes for a lot of different people in, you know, minorities. Mm-hmm. Have the decency to at least hire a sensitivity consultant. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming they didn't, but yeah. I don't actually know. I didn't see anything about that, but like... Oh my god. I I don't know. I just wanted to say that because it is something that comes up often and I know it's incredibly frustrating. And it, it happens for a lot of different groups of people. It's just like, people with disabilities are not your fucking inspiration porn. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking weird to make them out to be that. And I don't know necessarily that she was centered as like some kind of inspiration porn. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, he went out to murder, and then she happened to be deaf and mute. Mm-hmm. And then he went after her and found ways to communicate with her anyway. Yeah. You know? But then he fucked up because there were things different about her life that he didn't anticipate. Yeah. And I don't know how realistic any of that would be, like her feeling him breathing on her like that. But that's all I have to say about that. I just wanted to touch on it. <laughs> I did look it up. Uh, it did only have a budget of a million dollars. So that was a really fucking cheap movie to make. Okay. Which makes sense. I thought you were looking up if they had a consultant. Oh. Um, let me see. What their budget have to do with that? Is that it... 93% on Rotten Tomatoes? It's not on... I read the Wikipedia. It's not under reception? 
I read the whole Wikipedia. Okay. You read the whole Wikipedia? I do that for all of them. Holy shit. They're not that long. I don't know. That's a lot of reading. Not really. Okay. Get your foot off me. So, sorry if I said anything not correctly in that, but I did want to bring up that that's like a fucking issue and it's, I know, annoying for a lot of people. So, I don't exactly know how this was received because I do feel like that is also hard to like look up after the fact. Mm -hmm. So, then the only other thing I'd say like impact or like social impact wise is the Midnight Mass reference. Midnight Mass. Or franchise. It's not a franchise. They didn't make more, but that Midnight Midnight Mass was then made as a show. Yeah. Which is neat. Yes. Pretty neat. Pretty nifteroon. He does that shit with disability and that too. Old people? What? No, what? No, what? the girl in the wheelchair. Oh, that's right. But if you haven't seen it, I won't say anything more. Yeah. But it's definitely a theme yeah. I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. And then I said decent reception. <laughs> Was that a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes? I, think I normally so. write it down. I forgot. I just like, I read that reception area and it's just like people being like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And a 3.3 on letterbox, which is Visually, yeah, pretty good. Oh my god, I forgot to do a letterbox for it. I'll have to do that. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that, I think. Yeah. As we said, it was the first time watching it, so there isn't really an impact on us as people. No. Besides that you're scarred for life, I guess. Yeah. So, what's queer about it? The main character is clearly queer. Yeah, we, we saw Maddie, the character Maddie, talking to Sarah, and we were like, Gay. gay lovers not even her gay talking love? to sarah they saw each other from a f- she smiled and sarah texted her and i was like this bitch is gay we were like gay and then they're both like these men in our lives and i was like my ass kate seagal you said you looked it up and she is bisexual she is bisexual kate seagal does not know how to play a role not bisexually yeah. i believe <laughs> she I- doesn't know how to not be gay yeah but yeah i love that the main character is clearly supposed to be queer in my opinion in my opinion yeah, the way they talked. Yeah. And then she seemed kind of disappointed when she brought up John. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you're into this woman. Yeah. Come on. I hope that you explore that further on, once you've survived and get over the fact that she was brutally murdered. Yeah. So, uh, that's all I really have to say about it being queer. Yeah, not much else. By wife energy, Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah. Mike Flanagan has my wife energy. I thought you were saying John. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah, trying to save your wife's clearly queer crush <laughs> while you're both dead already. It could have just been polyamorous. Yeah, that's true. We did say that, though. We were yeah. like, hmm. Try it. Because that always has to be brought in then. But, yeah. My clan again, you know, at least he has bi wife energy. Yeah. He's got bi wife energy. Stop. He's got bi wife energy. <laughs> I like the song. The song was fucking written about Justin McElroy. I know it was. So you love it. I loved it two years ago. <laughs> that was not two years ago. <laughs> anyway, ma'am. How about the fun portion of our fun time times? Five fun times, fun time town. Oh, Sokka has bi wife energy. Fuck, it doesn't have the original. Swooky, swooky. I remember when I saw the original. All right, put it away. Okay. Who's fuckable? All of them. Yeah. I mean... The murderer creeps me out too much. And I'm not into John, so... I'm into John. 
I'm not into John. I don't know if I'd fucking... Swan to John, I'm not into John. Swan to John. <laughs> We're just referencing a fuck ton of McElroy stuff, huh? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's from I will reference them and have no idea. Yeah, because I do it all the time. Yeah, I haven't listened anyway. to one of their podcasts in like half a year now, though. Ma'am. Don't bite me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Sarah and uh, Maddie. I mean, we've, I've talked enough times about having a big old crush. Yeah. On on Kate. Her sister's cute. I don't know how old she is. She said she was in college. I got, I got not even a kind of a good look at her. I have a thing for redheads. <gasps> I'm not a redhead. Mm-hmm. I have a bigger thing for you, so... <laughs> Well, we don't have to do a query cast. They're already queer. That's canon. Uh, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> stop! <laughs> Robert Pat- We have to stop, dude. I'm gonna... I, this uh, no, is our last no. recast. Because, no! <laughs> no, because, no, because they're never good. They're always oh, good. I was only excited in Lighthouse and Sorority Row. Those are the only fun ones. I'll bring it up if I think we can do a good one. Would this has have- a small enough cast. <laughs> um, Robert Pattinson as the man. Um, the, the guy? Yeah. Oof, no. Or Pattinson as a Willem creep? Defoe. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? Don't hate me. Okay. The killer. Oh. You're not supposed to like him. I know I'm he's not. He's fucking awful. But he does that funny window gag where he takes her dead Stop. arm and he goes... <laughs> Don't hit that! <laughs> Christ. I mean, I like Maddie. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> what would you do? You said you'd give up. You simply I'd would... I'd simply give up, yeah. Would you kill yourself before he could come in? Yeah, because I think he would... To- no, I wouldn't have the balls to kill myself. Damn. I, I would at least kill myself so that he doesn't have the satisfaction. I don't... No. Okay, simply? Let's be I honest. I wouldn't, though, because I'd fight him. Let's be honest. If I lived in the woods, I'd have a gun. So I would simply... That was a good point that um, I think I brought up. I was like, you are deaf and live in the middle of the woods. Anyone with any kind of like disability or impairment living alone... Uh, anyone living alone in the middle of the woods. But then like layer those other things on top of that and like get a fucking gun. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't ever want to hold a gun, but also if I thought that I would need to, I would. Yeah. Because I watch, I watch horror have a gun. Because she could have just shot him through the window and it would have been done. Yeah. Which obviously wouldn't make a very good movie, but (laughs) I'm just saying, I feel like if I were her, if you were her, Mm -hmm. at least have, at least have like some type of weapon. Mm-hmm. Have your own crossbow. Mm-hmm. You know? At least that's long range and clearly does enough damage because this man's using it as his weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. Or at least have like. What are those called? You can get those pellet guns that have like little metal balls. BB guns? I think they're called pellet guns when it's not the little BB, the plastic BBs. You can get little metal pointed ones. Plastic BBs are called airsoft pellets. Metal BBs are. They don't sell BB guns anymore. They, like, became illegal, so I think they, they were probably redesigned into whatever you're talking about. Someone I know mm-hmm. right now recently got, I think recently, got a fake gun that shoots, like, little spiked metal pellet things, I mm-hmm. think. 
I'm pretty sure that's what I was told. Somebody you know or somebody you follow? Someone I know. Oh. Because some weird activity was going on around outside their house. Okay. And they also got a bunch of security cameras and stuff. That's their business, I suppose. They have real guns, too. But they have this little pellet one to keep where it's handy, I guess, to use. Wait, the person you know also has real guns? Yes. I didn't know that. You didn't? No. Yeah. I mean, I could have assumed. I just didn't know. All right. I don't want to talk about this. Okay. They have a pellet gun thing, which will obviously, like, incapacitate someone if you shoot them in their fucking leg with it. Yeah. But most likely not lethal. Mm-hmm. Unless, I mean, I feel like you could make that lethal, but it's not like a gun gun. Yeah. There's I don't no know such thing as non-lethal. Not. There's only less than. There's only less lethal. Right. Because anything could be lethal. Yeah. Including your little fingies. I thought you were asking my little farts. <laughs> that is also so true. Please stop. I'm going to rip your tits <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm ripping them off. <laughs> stop. You have to cut out all those farts. <laughs> I'm sorry, let's finish this up. Did you eat beans? (laughs) No, I didn't. I promise I didn't. Lies. No. Gizmo's Gizmo's scared in the corner because of your farts. Let's finish this up. It's getting dark. You need to walk. Anyway, you could at least have some type of weapon. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe some nunchucks? Yeah, have some nunchucks. I would have some type of weapon. Even if it weren't a fully-fledged gun, personally. I'd simply just have a two-handed greatsword hanging out <laughs> <on> my kitchen. <laughs> Incredible. That way I could, like, Jedi deflect the crossbow bolts as he's shooting them at me. But I also fully agreed with her. Have a knife, have a hammer, use yeah. them, use that hornet spray, use that loud-ass fire alarm. She was so smart to grab two weapons. Are you kidding me? Most people are like, I got a knife. What are you going to do when you stab that knife and you That's lose it? That's what I'm saying. Like, she wasn't this, like, dumb bitch narrative that happens a lot in these. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, going for it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, in this scenario, I probably would have had something more than that. Living alone in the woods. And then I would have, I think I'd, I'd try to fight for my life. I don't think I would have. You said that. Yeah. No, I'm talking about me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my doors would not have been unlocked in the first place. Yeah. Uh, let's be honest. He would not have been able to just walk in and get my phone. Yeah. Personally. Sorry. But also, I can hear. Yeah. I would have heard Sarah run up. So, you know, if... Simply, I would have died with my lesbian lover. I, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Simply. Okay, would you rather? Would you rather get the bolt to the thigh or the hammer to the arm? Bolt to the... No. Because that has little things on it then, right? So that's hurts even more coming out. No. Because of the way the head of something like that is. Um. They normally flared. So going in and then it'd be worse pulling out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the hammer to Definitely the, the hammer. Because like if I want if I stand if I want to stand a chance of running away, like Yeah. I I would like to have my legs be the mm-hmm. be able if if possible. But I mean if I got the hammer to the arm, would I be able to dig my thumb into my arm wound and write on the window, do it pussy do it or do it thumb. coward? Do it with her little pointy finger. Hmm. On her non shattered hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, it had so much adrenaline. I would have been like, fucking stop it again, bitch. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. No. I would have been sobbing. <laughs> I would have been like, all right, just fucking end it then. <laughs> Fine. You win. <laughs> it's okay. Aw, so sweet. Would you rather get your little hand stomped stop. on? Stop. <laughs> or a corkscrew to the neck? <laughs> corkscrew to the neck. End it. <laughs> Fuck that. No. God, no. Corkscrew to the neck. Fucking kill me. 
Would you rather name your cat Bitch or John? <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> That's a good cat name. It's ironic, too, because a bitch is a dog. Incredible. Thank you. I... <laughs> You're so mean to me. You do or would you rather? I just came up with incredible ones. Would you rather watch your closeted queer crush be murdered in front of you or be killed? My crush be murdered in front of me. Okay. They're just a crush. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want them to be murdered in front of me. Yeah. But I need to avenge them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to use that gay fury. I do. I gotta use my wrath. Yeah. Give me one more. Uh, would you rather have to write a full book or have to cook yourself dinner every night for the rest of your life? I'd write a book. That's not my thought. That's your horror. That's not mine. I'd write a book. Yeah. <laughs> every night? I'd rather write a book. You can get monetary gain from writing a book. Well, you can buy dinner for yourself. Exactly. Pay you to make it. Would you rather write a book or cook dinner for yourself every night? dinner for myself every night. I already do it most of the time. No eating out for dinner. I do that for breakfast normally anyway. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> you wouldn't write a book. You could write a whole sci-fi fantasy based off of your D&D characters. I'm heard that that's what you would go to. You are? Yeah. That's what, that you've, be... already, that's what you've already written a bunch of shit for. It wouldn't be sci-fi fantasy. It'd just be fantasy. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said sci-fi fantasy. And also... At this point, it'd be a transsapphic romance, I think. I think I've read and With that... made up of your D&D characters. No, that's weird. I don't like involving actual people's characters. That makes me uncomfortable. Your D&D characters. Also, I don't like that. Live your life. Do you got any favorite lines? No, nothing stuck out to me. I just like when she's getting annoyed about writing her book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> la, 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 pay me. Yeah. <laughs> there were no product placements. Except for maybe that wasp spray. I was going to say the wasp spray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what brand it was. I don't know that they showed that. Someone might have... Oh, they were drinking beverages at the beginning. I don't know what they were drinking, though. They were in glasses. Were they in glasses? Mm, tricky, tricky. I do... We should make the bingo cards. What did it... What? Did you know about that? No. It was an idea I had, similar to the birthday bingo cards, but not really. We make bingo cards for, like, horror tropes, mm-hmm. and then as we watch the different horror movies, we cross off or, like, name the the tropes that happened in each mm-hmm. movie. Someone did it on a different one I listened to a while back, where I think it was, like, young, it was all young adult media, mm-hmm. so they did, like, young adult tropes, and mm-hmm. then they would say which ones got marked off for each one, and I think that'd be fun for horror, but... We'd have to make those. Mm-hmm. 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 I wouldn't hate that. Cool. Cool. Uh, Elsie is also going to make our logo this week, and then we're probably going to post our first episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, graphic design is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at it. Like that pig for the apron. Oh. Incredible. <laughs> a work of art. I was more referencing the graphic design is my passion meme. I know what you were doing. Okay. I was just continuing the bit. What if I just made our logo just Queerful Fears and Papyrus? I don't want to do that. <laughs> You're not doing that. Fine, I'll do it in Comic Sans. <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, Undertale Weeb. What? What? Undertale Weeb. What does that have to do with Undertale? 
Papyrus and Sands? Are they named after oh fonts? Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? That makes sense. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Leave They're me brothers. Alone. Leave yeah, me alone. Leave no. me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> They're like they were named after that as like a nod to that joke about Papyrus and Comic Sans being like these awful fonts. But then they end up being like the no, cornerstones of the plot line or whatever. That's why Wallum's so pretentious and Wallum's yeah. while such a goofy little dude. Yeah. Oh. Aw, that's okay. Wait, you knew that. Undertale weave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fact that you died didn't. <laughs> Is wild. I played through it once. That's it. I've never even played through it. I've only played through it once and listened to <laughs> Death by Glamour for several hundreds of hours. Yep. <laughs> you literally have played it in front of me, though. When we first started talking. No, you went and played that one where it was like a video of you doing like the hardest one with Sans when he's evil. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is, and I'm bored. Hmm. But y'all would sit there and watch videos of Undertale, so don't even. I watched Markiplier play through it. <laughs> is that different than watching a video of Undertale? And I think I watched PewDiePie oh. play through it okay. first. Okay, wow, do you just want hate mail? <laughs> that was a long time ago, friends, before he went all edgelord oh, and well. became a weird Nazi man. Publicly became a weird Nazi man. yes. Before we knew. Okay, so next week we... <laughs> next week... Wait, that's a sour note. <laughs> I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> next week we will be discussing Final Destination. I'm very excited. I love Final Destination. Oh, what, um, a, what a movie. We watched that not that long ago together when yeah. I showed it to you for the first time. Yeah. Until then, this has been Queerful Fears with your hosts, Sydney and Elsie. Say goodbye to your fears and hello to your queers. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Bye, Bye, queers. queers. Faggots.